Hello, this is Eddie Duke. Welcome to the weekly podcast at Panther Creek Baptist Church. You know, Jesus Christ is an amazing person. As I look at our culture today, I am convinced the absolute only hope for this world in which we live is Jesus Christ. And every week, I will introduce you to messages that will communicate this hope that we have in Christ. I'm thankful that you've taken the time to catch us here this week. It means a lot to me that you would tune in, and I would love to hear from you. And now, here is this week's broadcast. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I apologize this morning that the 7 o'clock um, coffee and Jesus time uh, didn't, didn't go so well uh, this morning on Facebook and YouTube, and I apologize for that. Uh, so I'm going to try to cover everything that I was going to cover in that right now. So we got a lot of, inf- right of gr- a lot of ground to cover. Matthew 123 is our memory verse uh, for this month, for the month of December. And in this verse, Matthew is quoting from Isaiah. If he's quoting Isaiah 7:14, and he says, "See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us." And so, work on this verse this month, and uh, we'll we'll have that down. Uh, I just want to go through a couple of announcements here for you this morning. Uh, one, the Christmas cards. Uh, every year we do Christmas cards and we bring Christmas cards in and exchange them and we're going to be doing that again this year uh, but and you don't have to if you don't want to or don't feel comfortable doing it uh, but we do have the Lottie Moon Christmas post office set up uh, next door at the Christian Life Center and if you want to drop your cards off uh, if you uh, you know if you call me or text me, I can come and meet you at the car. Uh, that way, you don't have to get out of the car. Uh, but uh, but if you want to drop those off, uh, we can distribute those for you. Or if you want to come in and and put those in the post office yourself, however way you want to do that. Uh, but we do this for a reason, and the reason is for the Lottie Moon Christmas. If for the for the postage that you save, and you don't have to mail those for the postage that you save, put that to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And uh, our goal this year is $2,000, and we know that 100% of that goes toward missions around the world, and it goes toward missionaries around the world. So, so uh, please uh, consider doing that. D- uh, don't forget that this week is the week of prayer for the Lightning Moon Christmas offering beginning today. Uh, so I'll be sending out a prayer mail every day this week and uh, talking about mission strategies all around the world and um, and so, uh, you know, if when, when we did the creating a powerful prayer life study, uh, if you remember that one of the types of prayer was the intercessory prayer and part of the intercessory prayer was praying for mission initiatives and mission strategies. So this will help you this week uh, to pray for these mission strategies that we're focused on for the week of prayer for international missions. Um, so that's uh, that's the Lightning Moon Christmas offering Christmas cards. Uh, we are going to do Christmas Eve. So uh, Christmas Eve, uh, we are we are going to do virtually. Uh, we're going to do it online. Uh, John and all the ensemble is already working on this. They worked really hard yesterday, and uh, so they're putting this together. I think they're recording on the 19th of December. But we, once they get that done, we are going to put that online uh, on Christmas Eve so everybody can see it. But we're also offering another option for you. Uh, we are going to have in-person uh, services uh, for the Christmas Eve uh, time and this week I'll be putting out time slots that you can sign up for uh, because what we want to do is make sure we keep the attendance very small and you can sign up for a time to come and uh, we're just going to have it's going to be very short uh, we're going to have the, uh, the 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 music that John and the ensemble put together we're going to have that on a loop 
uh, playing for everybody. We're going to do a five to ten minute devotion and then have the Lord's Supper and uh, just have a time, you know, where we can celebrate uh, Christmas Eve. So again, if you want to sign up for that, let me know a time and uh, and we'll get you get you signed up for that. But I'll put that out this week uh, for Christmas Eve. I want to let everybody know too the directory. Uh, the directory is out, and uh, make sure you pick up your directory. Uh, and uh, if uh, and I'll get you yours, Avery, uh, your directory before you leave today. Uh, but uh, but they're over here at the Christian Life Center. And if you want to stop by and and pick that up, like I said, we'll have those available uh, for you. And uh, and I can I can run those out to your car again if you call me, text me two seven zero six eight four two one five five. I can get that for you. Uh, we've had several people call me and say, Hey, could you bring that to me? I'm not able to get over there, and yeah, I'll be more than happy to do that. Uh, so again, call or text me, and, and I'll, uh, I'll bring this directory to you, uh, and I get to see you when I do that. So that's, uh, that's, that's even better. want to let everybody know there's some, been some changes in the services. Uh, we we plan that for this week. Uh, since John and the Ensemble are working so hard, and they're doing such a great job on the music, we're going to profile that. And so for Facebook and YouTube, at 8.30 on Sunday mornings, that will be them. Uh, they work so hard on it and so thankful for them. And so, uh, so at 8.30 on Sunday mornings on Facebook and YouTube will be uh, the music ministry here at Panther Creek. Uh, the, the sermon will only be on the podcast now. Uh, so we, we still had planned on doing 7 o'clock in the morning on Sundays. Uh, obviously, that didn't work so well today. Uh, but on, going forward, uh, this is how we're going to be doing the online portion of our services. And so, so you can still catch all that. And like we tell everybody, hey, if you go to the website at leanonchrist.com, you can get to everything that we do here at Panther Creek. Uh, it'll keep you updated on everything that's going on. And so, uh, so go to that website. You can get to the podcast, you can get to YouTube or Facebook or anything uh, through that. So I think that's all the announcements I had, uh, guys, uh, this morning uh, for the video <laughs> at 7 o'clock. I did light the candle because we light our first candle, and I'll go ahead and do that now uh, for, uh, for those that are here. But uh, Doug and John and Lisa and Sydney and Avery, and um, uh, so we light our first candle today, which is the candle of hope. For this Advent season, and we're going to be talking more about that. If you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 16 through 25. I'm going to be reading that today uh, in just a moment. So Matthew chapter 1, verses 16 through 25 is what we're going to be reading. I did, did I do the, uh, did I do the memory verse, Doug? I did? Okay, <laughs> all right. So I did cover the memory verse. I wanted to make sure that everybody knows in Matthew 1, that uh, uh, I'm, I tell you what I'm going to do. Yesterday I said I'll give you to the 23rd to learn this verse. I'm going to give you to the 20th. Uh, that'll give you plenty of time uh, to get that in. Uh, again, if you memorize this verse, you, and, and I tell you what, I'm, uh, yesterday I said I wasn't going to do this, but I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a nice guy, I'm a trusting guy, uh, so I'm going to do this for you. If you call me and tell me that verse over the phone, I trust that you're not reading it out of your Bible. I trust that, that you've memorized this. I'm just going to trust you so you can call me. Uh, I'm not going to accept text. I, I can't go that far, guys. But you can call me. You can do a video. You can tell me in person. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 is our memory verse. And if you tell it to me prior to the 20th of December, your name will be entered into a pot, and we will draw that name out uh, for a gift card to Texas Roadhouse. 
And so, uh, so that's uh, going to be a little fun that we're going to have with it uh, for this um, uh, for this month. Um, I think I covered all the announcements, guys. I'm going to get into the prayer requests now. Uh, def- definitely remember these prayer requests. Pray for Draven Laneford. Uh, Calvin was sick, and now he give it, has given it to his brother Draven. And so pray for Draven. He's not feeling well. Pray for the Tommy DeHart family. Uh, pray uh, for Charity and her children. Uh, pray for them. Uh, pray for Regina, Josh, and Joel Martin. Uh, pray for the Elizabeth Miller family. Pray for Connor McCormick, Courtney Johnson, and Carson Bevel. Are there any other prayer requests, guys, before I give us a Connie update? The people that are here, okay. Uh, no other prayer request. Will Connie uh, continue to pray for Connie? Connie uh, was supposed to be reviewed by the nephrologist yesterday. And uh, I, I, I didn't hear back an update on our report on that. But Connie sure does need our prayers. Uh, she's, been, she's been sick for a while. Uh, so continue to remember Connie in your prayers. And as soon as I get an update uh, for you for Connie, I'll definitely, definitely let us know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read now uh, Matthew chapter 1. And I'm going to start with verse 1. And I'm not going to go through all the genealogy of Jesus. I'm, I'm going to start with verse 1. And then I'm going to skip down to uh, verse 16 and pick it up from there. But here it is, as we start the Christmas season, it says, An account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now notice how he goes there, the son of David, the son of Abraham. I'm going to come back to that. But in verse 16, it says, And Jacob fathered Joseph, the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Christ, So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David until the exile to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the exile to Babylon until the Christ, 14 generations. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. There's our memory verse. Verse 24 says, When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us, and then we'll come back to this. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this time. I thank you for this opportunity we have to open up your word today and and hear from you. Uh, God, I'm thankful uh, for Christmas and the miracle of Christmas, Father, and all that it entails. So, Father, I pray again that you open up our eyes and ears and hearts to you today. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Now, uh, to start us off, to get us into this Christmas season, I want us to take portions of this memory verse and take a good look at it because our memory verse begins like this. See, the virgin will become pregnant. The virgin will become pregnant. So we know that Christmas is a miracle 
by those words right there, we know that Christmas itself is a miracle. Now, I looked up the definition of a miracle, and the classic definition of a miracle is this. A miracle is an interruption of the laws of nature, which can only be explained by divine intervention. So it's an interruption of the laws of nature, which can only be explained by God. We throw the word miracle around a lot. And there's a lot of things that happen that, that maybe not be miracles. They're not really miracles uh, because this really wasn't something that was a, a, an interruption of the law of nature that was a divine intervention of God. But we throw the, miracle, the word miracle around a lot. But the, but the Christmas is a miracle. And there's three things that we see in the miracle of Christmas. And the first thing we see is this, that God is in control. God is in control. Look with me again at verse 17. I love this because you know I love history, and I think I've shared this before. But verse 17 says this, So all the generations from Abraham to David, and remember he talked about Jesus Christ. This is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And so in verse 17 here, he says this, All the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David until the exile to Babylon... 14 generations and from the exile to Babylon until the Christ 14 generations now you'll notice one thing sticks out in that verse and it is the number 14 Uh, try to keep in mind that Matthew was a math nerd if I don't want to insult anybody but he loved math he loved numbers he loved looking at numbers and so Matthew wanted to make sure that it was something was understood in this number 14 uh, several years ago somebody from the church I won't say who it is uh, but it's somebody definitely that uh, that we love here at the church and church family but they gave me a book called the Jewish Gematra And I pulled it out this week because the Jewish gematria is the study of numbers in the Bible uh, because these numbers mean something. And the number 14 means something. You know what the number 14 is? The number 14 is the product of two numbers. What two numbers it is a product of? It is the product of seven and two. Seven, thank you, Sydney. Sydney's not on her head. Yeah, Dad, you got that right. Seven and two. And you know, the number seven in the Bible is a perfect number. It is the perfect number. Why? Because it combines two numbers of God. The number three, which is God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. You know, the number three, that is number three is the number of God. And it combines another number, the number of God's creation. The number of God's creation is the number four. So three plus four is seven. It is a perfect number. And it takes the product of seven and two. You know what two is? Two in the Bible is the number of witnesses. You needed two people in order to affirm that something was true in the Bible. So here's what Matthew is saying. You take seven times two and it equals 14. He is saying here, this is the perfect, this genealogy is the perfect testimony of Jesus Christ being the Messiah. And he mentions it three times. Three times here. What is three? It is the number of God because he wants to show that through the history of Israel, God has been involved. 
And so we see here that just right here in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, that God is in control. But there's something else that Matthew did here. Matthew said, from David until Abraham. And, and really, why did Matthew, why do you think Matthew had to include this genealogy? Because Luke included it. Luke in chapter, Luke chapter 2 included the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And it was the genealogy of Jesus from Mary's perspective from his mom's perspective but right here in chapter one he gives the genealogy of jesus christ from whose perspective from joseph's perspective so you followed you even though joseph wasn't the biological dad of jesus he was the adopted father of jesus and so he's showing legally that joseph is connected to jesus now why is that significant well i tell you I just had a conversation not too long ago with a man who was Jewish. And this man, as we were looking at Isaiah and doing a study in Isaiah, I looked at him when we talked about all the prophecies of Isaiah, and I said, why is it that Jewish people, if they're looking for the Messiah, why can't you make the connection between the Messiah that you're looking for and that Jesus Christ fulfilled all this? And he said, you know why? He said, because we are looking for a Messiah that comes from a, a human father and a human mother. Now, he knew everything about Jesus. He knew everything about the New Testament. And, and I wish I would have been able to show him this. When I get to talk to him again, I'm going to show him this. Because this is what Matthew did. Matthew understood the Jewish mind. And he said, you know what? Jesus did come from an earthly father his adopted father was joseph who in line was connected to david and abraham and all through this why did matthew do this why do we have this detail here because matthew wanted to show what we really need to know and that is this christmas tells us that god is in control the fact that jesus was born of a virgin god is in control but i tell you it tells us something else and that is God will do the impossible. God can and will do the impossible. Look with me here at verse 20. At verse 20 it says, But after he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. What has been conceived? Now all of us here know uh, the, word for in, the word incarnation means to take on flesh. But we know, we've studied biology, we know that humans are conceived from a man and a woman. That's how all of us get here. But Jesus interrupted the natural law. And it was a miracle that Jesus did what he did. I, I, I'll never forget, uh, years ago, uh, when Lisa and I didn't know whether we were going to have children, we went to a fertility specialist. And there was this doctor who had spent years of looking at and, and, and studying, trying to help people uh, have a child. He had spent years like that, and I'm sitting in his office, and we're talking about all the studies that he's done with us and all the things that he's done to look at our case. And then he says this. He says, Eddie, as he's explained what's wrong with us, he says this, but i got to tell you, in all the years that I've done this, it is a miracle that anybody has a baby. <laughs> it is a miracle that anybody, he said, I know everybody gets pregnant every day, but it is a miracle that this happens at all. But I tell you, scientifically, biologically, we can do this scientifically in a lab, but Jesus interrupted that natural law. 
And Jesus didn't do it this way. The same God that looked at the, the chaos of creation and said, let there be light, was the God that looked over Mary and said, let there be life. And in her was life in Jesus Christ. It's a miracle. You know, it, is, it reminds me of that story. Uh, maybe you've heard uh, that story of the Sunday school class, and this is what I miss about us being out, is that we don't have the children's Sunday school classes anymore, and they don't draw things for Christmas and, and do things like this. But there was a children's Sunday school class in which the teacher asked the class, I want you all to draw the nativity scene. Show me the nativity scene based upon what you know about the story. And so, uh, so everybody drew something, and she came to this one little boy that had drawn this nativity scene, and there was people there that you might expect. She saw, she was able to recognize Joseph and Mary, and she was able to recognize the baby Jesus. Hey, um, I, I want to interrupt here for a second, because you know, I do this, my mind just goes. <laughs> I don't know if you've been out to Panther Creek. Sydney and I, we love to go places. We love to, tra- you know, just drive around, look at places. The other day, we walked at Panther Creek. Last night, uh, Lisa and Cindy and I went to Legion and, and looked at the lights. But the other day, Cindy and I went to Panther Creek before the lights were on. And we were walking around, and we saw the, the nativity scene. If you've been to Panther Creek and seen the nativity scene, with Sydney <laughs> knows what I'm about to say. If you've been to Panther Creek and seen the nativity scene without the lights on, doesn't baby Jesus look like mini Pac-Man? He does. Baby Jesus in that manger looks like Pac-Man. He just, okay, I don't know where I'm going with that one. But okay, so, so on this story of the Sunday school class, uh, this teacher comes to this little boy and she sees all the characters there. And all of a sudden on the picture, she sees this round figure. I mean, he's drawn a circle with a head and with the stick legs and stick arms. And, and she recognizes everybody else, but she says, but I don't know who that is. Who is that round person there? And, and he said, you know, he rolled his eyes. He sighed like children do when they're just frustrated that adults don't know what they're talking about. And he looked at her and he said, it's John. It's John. John? And he said, yeah, you know, John from the psalm. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round John virgin, round John, <laughs> you know, uh, there was a virgin there, but his name wasn't John, the virgin's name was, was Mary, and, and people today say this, you know, a lot of people uh, that, uh, that have a different theology than mine may say, Eddie, is it really a big deal, is it a big deal that Jesus was born of a virgin? Can't we accept the fact that Jesus came and died on a cross and he wasn't born of a virgin? Because a lot of people like to point to the, to, to, to the idea that in the Bible it doesn't say virgin. It does. But some people have a, a different theology than mine and they say, you know what, she was just a young woman. It didn't mean that she was a virgin. Is it really a big deal that we believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ? And I believe it is. Because apart from the miracle birth of Jesus Christ being born of a virgin, There is no divinity. Jesus Christ is not who he says he was. Jesus Christ is not who he claimed to be. Larry Keene, the once-time talk show host, I was so glad that Larry Keene was asked this question. Larry Keene, who interviewed hundreds of people and asked thousands of questions, was once asked this question. If you could interview anybody in history, who would you want to interview? And Larry Keene said, I'd want to interview Jesus Christ. And this person followed up with this question. If you could ask him any question, what question would you ask? And he said, I would ask him if he was born of a virgin. Because that would define 
history for me. And it's true. Our faith is defined by the truth that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. It defines us. And it shows us that God can do the impossible. Even Mary asked this question. She said, how can this be since I'm a virgin? You know what the angel told her? For with God, nothing is impossible. And the story of Christmas reminds us that God still does the impossible. (laughs) This coronavirus and people thinking, gosh, it's put us in an impossible situation. There is nothing impossible with God. We look at our finances and wonder, golly, how are we going to get out of this mess? There is nothing impossible with God. We look at difficult relationships and think, gosh, how is this going to get fixed? There is nothing impossible with God. Christmas reminds us of that. As we look at these words, see the virgin will become pregnant, we know that that tells us that there is a God who is totally in control and there is a God who does the impossible. And I'll tell you what else it tells us. It tells us that Jesus is able to forgive us. It tells us that Jesus is able, because he is who he says he is, he is able to redeem us, he is able to forgive us. I want to read here, let's look at verse 23, the memory verse again. It says, see the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel. Uh, They will name him Emmanuel, that Jesus is able to do what he says he is able to do. I want, I want to go off uh, here just a little bit, uh, and I want to look at Luke chapter 2. I, I did this in the 7 o'clock time, but it messed up, uh, so I want to put this in here now, because this past week I've been studying uh, what is known, the, the book, The Case for Christmas. It was written by Lee Strobel. You know, Lee Strobel is one of those who loves to look at investigative stories. He's an, he was an investigative reporter for years. He's in, he investigates Jesus Christ and, and the truth of Jesus Christ, and he did a series on the case for Christmas and I don't want to blow anybody away here today but I want us to look at Luke chapter 2 verses 6 through 7 we know the story right when Mary found out that she was pregnant I'm getting out of breath Uh, when Mary found out that she was pregnant uh, here's the story that we've seen about here's the story that we watch Charlie Brown cartoons about the story is that Joseph put Mary on a donkey uh, she's seven, eight months pregnant or whatever, you know, they're, they're, he walks her to Bethlehem because he has to go back and take part in the census. They get in late at night. You know how that is. They can't find any room available since everybody's in town for a census. They go up to a door and they knock on the door and the innkeeper comes to the door and he says, sorry, we don't have any room. You know, that is the story that we have in our mind of how this takes place. But I want to look at verse 6 of Luke chapter 2. In verse 6 of chapter, uh, Luke chapter 2, it says this, While they were there, the time came for her to get birth. I'm not sure I ever noticed this before. But the Bible says, while they were there, which implies that they were in Bethlehem for five days, five weeks, five months. We really don't know how long it was, but we know that they were there. They were already there. Now, before I read to you the next verse, and I've got a point behind all this. Before I read you the next verse, and I know you can't see this on the podcast, but homes in the time that Jesus was born were usually made up of two rooms. 
They had a room that you went into where they kept all the animals. All the animals, they weren't kept in a barn or a shed out back. They were kept there connected to the home. These homes were small. These homes were functional. So they kept the animals there in a room called the animal room. And there was hay in there. There was feed in there. And then they had steps. Steps leading up to another room, and this was usually only the two rooms that they had in any of these houses. But there was steps up into this room, and this room was called the family room. And the family room was just what you might think. It was a family room. is where the family held out. They talked with each other. They ate food with each other. They slept there. Everybody was in the same room. But sometimes they had steps up uh, from the animal room because sometimes if they had too many animals, the animals would overflow. And guess what? The animals would come into the family room so they had a little feeding trough there in the corner of that family room for the overflow animals to be able to eat some houses had what was known as a third room a guest room and that was exactly what you'd think it was a doorway that led into another room it was where they had guests they 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 hosted guests that might arrive and there was an exterior door to the outside from that guest room not a lot of the places had that but some of them had it now in the new testament there are two greek words for in there is a word that we see in this in in luke chapter 10 for the good samaritan remember the good samaritan when he found that person he he bandaged that person he took care of that person and then he took him where He took him to an inn. Now, that inn is an establishment like we have today, of places like a hotel, a place like a bed and breakfast, you know, where where people would stay. And he asked the innkeeper there in Luke chapter 10, take care of this person until I get back and I will pay you. That was the Greek word. But in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, at the inn that they stayed at, at that, that Mary and Joseph stayed at, This Greek word does not mean an establishment where people were hosted. This word is this. I want to read verse 7. It says, Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no inn available for them. Now, in my translation, it says guest room. You know why? Because... That word for in in the Greek is the word guest room. And it means just exactly what I told you. That at the time, there, Mary and Joseph were either staying in a house that did not have that guest room, or they were staying in a house where somebody else was already occupying that guest room. And so they had to stay in the family room. And when Jesus was born, he was placed in that feeding trough there where they had the overflow for the animals. Now you say, Eddie, why is this a big deal? This is a big deal because in Luke chapter 1, Luke says these words, that this is an accurate and thorough account of Jesus Christ. And I know as we come into Christmas that Christmas is not a story in a Charlie Brown cartoon. It is not a story that is a fairy tale. It is about a real God who came to a real world in the form of a real Jesus Christ at a real place and real time. And that detail that we find in the Bible here in verses 6 and 7 are an encouragement to me that the hope that we have at Christmas time that we celebrate by lighting this candle is hope that is based upon something that is real. 
when we see Christmas, we're reminded that God is real and really in control of everything that goes on. He is real and really there is nothing that is impossible with him. He is real and through Jesus Christ, he is able to forgive us, to redeem us, to recover and heal us and to reconcile us back to himself. I want to close with this. Uh, there's a, uh, uh, when I was in the, uh, the Air Force, one of the things I loved to do at night when it was kind of slow is I would look at Jane's, all the world's aircraft, Jane's, the, the Jane's directory. They had fighting ships and different things. I, I, loved, I loved reading about the aircraft. And, and there was a section there of the books that I would read about Sikorsky helicopters. Now, uh, years ago, there was a man by the name of Igor Sikorsky who lived in Russia, and his parents told him that we would never be able to fly, uh, that, that people were never going to be able to fly. Well, the Wright brothers took care of that in the early 1900s, and so Igor Sikorsky was very excited that, that we were able to fly. He began to study, and all of a sudden, he began to get excited about the idea, could I have an aircraft that could take off and land vertically it could take off and go up and then come down and land could there be an aircraft like that and at age 20 he designed and built the world's first helicopter not too long after that he migrated to america and he built a factory where he could make helicopters in 1972 igor sikorsky died but his helicopters today the sikorsky helicopter are some of the world's fastest and best helicopters ever produced. As a matter of fact, the U.S. Armed Forces, we use Sikorsky helicopters. U.S. Marine One that ferries the president back and forth from the White House, that helicopter is a Sikorsky helicopter. In his factory, he had a sign made and put over the door of this factory, and this is what the sign said. According to recognized aerial technical test, it's impossible for a bumblebee to fly because of the shape and weight of his body in relation to the total wing area. The bumblebee doesn't know this, so he goes ahead and flies anyway. The word impossible means nothing. And at Christmas, we can be reminded of that, that nothing is impossible with God. That is the hope that we have at Christmas. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you so much uh, for your word here today. I thank you for this time here today, for... For everybody who may be listening, uh, Father, wherever they are, God, I pray that, uh, God, you will uh, just surround each person, bless each family, uh, God, and God, I pray people will be drawn to you this Christmas uh, with the knowledge, Father, that, that, God, you still, I still count on that you are a God who, who performs miracles. You are a God who interrupts the natural laws of nature and does something tremendous and awesome and i guess we would say impossible so father i do pray uh, god that you will help us to know the hope uh, that we celebrate and the reason for it uh, for this christmas for it's in your name we pray amen